Death is a peculiar subject. You know, it's bound to occur, yet something that we feel really awkward and weird talking about. You know, my first encounter with death was weeks after Y2K. I was building a desk and putting a chair together in my basement with my dad. And my dad had received a phone call from my nanny, his, his mother, that said that his father had passed away. So we book it that night at Jacksonville, Florida, about a five and a half hour drive. And, you know, within two days, we were at his memorial and uh, looking at his, you know, open casket and... It was the first time I had ever experienced death. I'm looking at his body, and yet there's no life in it at all. See, death is a stigma because where death exists, life inevitably doesn't. My name is Ernie. My name is Stephen, and this is Devout, an invitation to pause and set our minds on things above. And over the next few weeks, we're going to dive into Ephesians 2. And today we're talking about death. And so Paul starts off with the verse saying, as for you, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And so when I think about this notion of our state without Jesus, I think about a quote from Tim Keller. And he says, we're much more sinful than we could ever believe and much more loved by Jesus than we could ever hope for. So when we downplay how broken, how bankrupt we are, we diminish the power of the gospel. We mistakenly think of death in a a way, kind of like going for a swim. So we think, okay, I've got to swim across this river. Maybe it's the Mississippi River. I'm going to train hard. I'm going to work hard. Um, Yeah, maybe I'm a little sick right now. I'm a little separated from God. But if I work hard, then I can swim across that river. And in reality, we're fooling ourselves because that it's not a river. The Gulf is the Pacific Ocean. And we're not just a little sick. Like you said, we're dead. There's no life. We're completely separated. Isaiah 59 says, Your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you. And so we have to understand the reality of what it means to be dead. We think death maybe is just hyperbole because we say, No, I'm not, I'm not dead. Listen to me. I'm, I'm talking. My heart is pumping. I'm breathing. I, I'm not dead. But we miss the, the reality of our spiritual state. So Paul's writing to believers. He's not saying you were close to dying or that you were almost dead. He says you were utterly, completely dead. You were lifeless. And yes, it sounds a little morbid, but Paul's reminding believers that this is where you were. And for us today, man, on your way to work today, this is where you were. See, until we realize where we were, we won't be in awe of how much Jesus has loved us and shown us mercy and shown us grace. You know, I love the story the, uh, of Chronicles of Narnia. I've, I've been reading through The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe with, with my son, who's uh, six. And in this story, we meet this guy, Mr. Tumnus. And I'm not going to go into all the details. Go read it. Go, go on Amazon, buy it right now if you haven't read it yet. But, but Mr. Tumnus, he, he introduces Narnia. And he says, Narnia is a place where it is winter. And has been winter for a very long time, always winter, but never Christmas. And I love that. I love that picture of the idea of winter, you know, the the wedge between November and December and then January and February is Christmas. It's kind of that breath of fresh air and, and the idea that winter is where Narnia was, but it was never Christmas. And in the same way, we are deeply fractured apart from Jesus, that we are chasm between us and God is so great. And what we're going to see over these next couple of weeks is that, and Jesus made it unbelievable sacrifice, giving up his life, taking our place. The good news is so great, but if we don't see how bad we were, we won't see how good he's been to us. You and I, man, we were dead. I agree with this notion that it can sound morbid, but we have to 
embrace and acknowledge the reality. You know, we think I'm just sick or if I just eat my vegetables, take some vitamins and get some rest, I'll be fine, which is kind of like saying, yeah, I'm, I'm a little off track spiritually. I mean, I'm not a perfect person. If I go to church, give to charity and serve other people, then I'll be healthy and restored with God. When we say it like that, we know that that's a crock. We know that that's not the gospel. But that same mentality is really what the Pharisees cited, and that's what prompted Jesus to put the Pharisees on blast. He said to them, you are like whitewashed tombs. You know, you look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of dead people's bones. He, he saved some of his harshest language for, for the Pharisees. And apart from Jesus, we're the same way. We are, we're not just sick. We are completely bankrupt, dead on the inside. We can't trick ourselves into believing that we're just sitting on the two-yard line and all we really need is a little push from Jesus to get us across the goal line. Now, you had 100 yards to go. And not only that, you're, you're laying on the field still and motionless because you're dead. You're not going to make it to the goal line. You're totally dead. So we have to preach the gospel to ourselves daily. We can't deny that we were dead. We shouldn't diminish it. We should acknowledge it and embrace that we were dead apart from Jesus. And when we do that, our appreciation for the gospel will soar. Let's land the plane here. Like I said, it was so clear that my grandfather was dead when I saw him. Nothing that I could do, nothing that the funeral director could do. The reality was clear. He was dead. And that is the realization that Paul is emphasizing here, that our state without Jesus, that we too, you and me alike, and I don't care about your background, you and me, whether you're religious or irreligious, regardless of your background, we were dead apart from Jesus. And I love the invitation of the New Testament. I love the invitation of Jesus. He says, repent and believe. And recognize where you were, turn from it, turn from your religious efforts, turn from your irreligion, and trust upon Jesus, trust in Jesus, look to Jesus. And such hope in this conversation to cling to Christ. See you guys next time.